Hey friends, today on the Connecting Our Stories podcast, I have a conversation with my dear friend, Amy. Amy vulnerably shares about her experience with childhood abuse and the trauma that is subsequently followed in her life. She talks about what it looks like as an adult to carry childhood trauma, um, what how it's affected her life, and what's needed for those who are carrying around childhood trauma as we, as a society, need to come alongside them. We talk about our individualistic culture, the importance of community, and the value of counseling. We go so many places in this conversation today, and not only will it give you uh, a new perspective that you might be needing, but it will also give you tools, tangible tools that you can utilize as you are loving the people well, the children well, um, those around you well in your life. I know that this conversation will leave you with the important information you need, but also with hope as we all look to making a better future, uh, making the world better than it was when we came into it. Let's listen. Oh, are we going? All right. Amy, I'm so grateful you're here today to talk with us. And um, I'm glad that everyone gets to know you because I'm so grateful to know you. I really am. Oh, I love you too. I'm so glad that we met. (laughs) Me too. Two years ago. Same. Same. Okay. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your life and what you do, what your days look like during COVID? (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Yes. Well, I am Amy Soli and um, I'm a mother of three kiddos. So... Micah is nine and a half, and Jeremy is seven, and Eliana is four. And I'm married to Ben, and he's a pastor at Hope Church. Mm-hmm. And let's see, our lives look a lot different with COVID. Yeah, We're right. together a lot. <laughs> All the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> we love them. But um, yeah, so I'm a teacher, but I took off a year ago, which was kind of a, a God thing, because then part of the year I ended up homeschooling the boys <laughs> yeah, so that was my my that. year off yeah but yeah I know uh, my, my year off. off right and um we found out now that um Minneapolis so the boys go to school in Minneapolis mm-hmm. so they will be doing distance learning mm-hmm. so someone asked me the other day if I was going to be teaching this year and I said I'm not getting paid <laughs> but I am teaching definitely Definitely yeah. teaching in your own home. Yes. Even more than normal. Yes. And it's a lot different when you teach your own kiddos. Mm-hmm. They listen a little bit differently. Uh, or less. <laughs> or less. Or not at all. Or I'm not going to do that. Okay. No, that's yeah. what's hard is yeah. when you're in a classroom, they tend to listen a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Maybe distance learning will be slightly better than straight out homeschooling. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. Hopefully yeah. they'll set you up good for success. Yeah, they said they're going to. And we're actually going to do a co-op this year. That's so we're going to meet with other families like two days a week. Yeah. So. That'll save you. Yeah. So yeah. other parents can work with them. <laughs> yeah. Go work with your kids. Yeah. Go talk to somebody else. Yes. Yes. So I that it. I think it'll be better. Oh. I hope it will be. For sure. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit of your story? Sure. I would yeah. love to. So I um, grew up in a Christian home um, with two parents that loved us and loved Jesus and were, were involved. But unfortunately, um, I ended up um, having abuse, a few different events, um, which I think it also shows you that even um, as parents as being diligent and mm-hmm. looking out for your kids, that things can still happen. 
Um, but because of the abuse and because I think of the, it was traumatic and not knowing how to tell them. Um, and actually since then I've, I've learned that kids actually in their brain, um, so I mean adults also, but it will freeze the part where you can speak. And yeah. so what's interesting is a lot of times when you know, you'll hear it, you know, as a mom, like here are the ways to teach your kids to let you know and to be able to say no, that actually when they're being abused, a lot of times they're not even able to say no because the part in their brain shuts down to have the voice. And then um, because, you know, I was told that I would get in trouble or my parents or whatever, I didn't say anything. And so I didn't tell anyone until um, I was in high school. And even then it was just so separate. And so, um, you know, I didn't even really even know that anything had happened until I was in high school. And then um, I started to remember some things. Mm. And, um, you know, because I grew up in a Christian home and I um, went to church, like, you know, I seemed happy and joyful. And uh, really, it was interesting because I um, have been talking with friends that I grew up with and they didn't even, they said I was happy and they didn't even know really what was going on. So it was interesting because inside when I was in high school, I felt like everybody could see that I was falling apart and I was Mm -hmm. a mess and I wasn't. So they didn't, you know, I would say maybe that I'm having a hard time, but on the outside, it looked fine. Um, And so it wasn't really until um, college that um, I started to kind of deal with things um, and have an amazing counselor and just kind of trying to work out. And what I did end up realizing um, was that because of the multiple abuse events, um, in order for me to be able to survive, and this happens, I guess, with children, is that my brain was able to compartmentalize things. So I dissociated. I don't know if you have heard of uh, DID or. Yeah, tell us so, about it. Um, you know, in the shows, or like, I don't know if you saw Sybil. No, I Okay, I know. This is like an old show. This is like in the, I don't know, maybe like the 80s, but she had multiple personalities. So a lot of times in the past, it was seen, or like maybe I think another one was um, the Faces of Eve mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. Many Faces of Eve. Mm-hmm. So like when children are abused and it happens multiple times and they're not able to get out of it, yeah. their brain actually splits. And mm-hmm. so then um, you could have like where maybe you're being abused at home and then you go to school and it home you're in this place yep. and then you go to school and you're this place and that place at school doesn't even know that you were being abused right it's a survival survival yeah. so like for me like most of so that happened and so most of my life like that's why even though inside I felt like I was falling apart no one even saw it at all right. and so um that ended up happening so I have like these different parts that carry different parts of the abuse so where I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know that it happened and then um, probably like when I got married slowly, the wall started to come down a little bit. And so then it was like I was having these flashbacks mm-hmm. or at one point uh, I was teaching and I would have panic attacks. So I'd mm-hmm. have to leave the classroom because, you know, I had one student when I was teaching and I knew that something was going on at home mm-hmm. um, and just how his behavior, but there was really nothing I could do. And mm-hmm. so I felt powerless. So then yeah. I was having these flashbacks. So I had to um, stop teaching and, you know, just kind of continue to work on it. Um, but the interesting thing about it has been, you know, and as I've learned more about DAD and kind of how that works is that 
one of the big challenges for me, you know, my husband has worked in the church is that, um, you know, like when you think of trauma, you think, and you know, in a lot of shows too, you think of people crying and really upset and kind of being a mess, you know, but in order to survive, you come up with coping strategies so that you can keep doing the day to day. And so if you would look at me, like you wouldn't necessarily know the all the stuff that's going on the mm-hmm. inside. Like mm-hmm. even Ben, you know, we've been married 15 years. And now I think he's seen it more because I am getting to a point where I just can't hold it all together anymore. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, my friends or for a long time, like it just, I don't look like someone that has experienced it. Um, I don't know, at least what I would yeah. think of as um, being kind of a mess. You know, and even now, like a lot of times with different experiences, like in my brain, it's saying like, nope, you're fine. Like there's nothing wrong. You know, like when I broke my foot, it it was clearly I broke my foot, but my mind was saying, no, like you can walk on it. So we can't always trust what our mind is. Exactly. But so um, that has been challenging. Um, And then so like I was just thinking about kind of now, like what that would look like. So. You know, sometimes like my mind will go blank and I, you know, be talking to him like I'm not sure even what I was thinking mm-hmm. or hearing different things inside, like because the different parts have like a different, I mean, they're not different people, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. I'm one person, but mm-hmm. um, they have different ideas. Mm-hmm. So like even mm-hmm. figuring out like what I'm going to wear mm-hmm. for the day, it's mm-hmm. like one might have one thought, like I'm going to wear this and mm-hmm. the other is that. And so it's mm-hmm. just always conflict. Mm-hmm. It's like you're always trying to make decisions with two really strong voices. And it's more than two. So yeah. then you're like, yeah. it's like having your own children. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it just, mm-hmm. you know, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when I was talking to my counselor about, you know, some things, or I asked her actually, like, how do you see this, you know, affecting me now? I think one thing that I've said a lot in this journey is it's very lonely and mm-hmm. and help. I think we're getting better at this, but there's not a very good, um, the whole mental health, there's just not a great understanding. Yep. And so a lot of times I've felt like I wish I had cancer or something where you could see. Right. So like. So you can get the support. You could get the support. Like um, someone I knew, they were on Caring Bridge and, mm-hmm. you know, their child was sick. And so they were getting meals and mm-hmm. everyone was asking how we can do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, with mental health, yeah, it's hidden. It's hidden, but even it's like, how do you how do you help someone? Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of times it makes us uncomfortable. So yeah. it's easier to just yeah because we don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, we live in a world where I think um, we see trauma and things that happen to us as like a broken foot. Oh, for well, sure. you set it and you give it some time, and then you're healed. Yes, and then it goes away. Yes. And then you don't ever really think about it. You just think, oh, that one time I broke my foot. But that's right. not how it is when we have um, things that happen to us that are traumatic. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about, about that, about the lasting effects? And yeah. not it's not that you, you're, I wish people could see you <laughs> because you're beautiful, mm-hmm. sunshiny, encouraging, sweet woman. It's not that you walk around broken right. at all. Right. At all. But there is lasting effects of trauma. Right. And I think we don't have space for that in our culture. We just don't understand. And it's exactly what you said then that makes us uncomfortable. Right. So what does trauma do to a person right. in their life? That is a great question. And I think you're totally right because that's what I thought. I mm-hmm. thought 
that these things were bad, but they happened a long time ago. Like, I'm fine. I'm married. And... Like, kind of get over it. We're kind like, of like a it. get over well, it yeah. culture. And, and to be honest, like in the church, like it was, let's pray about it. All right, it's done. Yeah. And I think, so I really thought that. And, you know, now I turned 40 and seeing a lot of lasting effects. You know, it affects my marriage, like feeling comfortable with him. Um, and what's crazy, what I've realized is trauma really is held in your body. So yeah. some of it is you don't even have control over. So you know, I may see something that like a song or a smell and it just totally brings me back to the event or even that time, mm-hmm. you know, and what's hard. So, for example, I was at the beach one day with the kids and I was um, they were swimming. I was sitting on the sand and I was watching them. And for some, it was like all of a sudden, I don't know if it was a flashback or something. And it wasn't even scary. It was I was um, remembering when I was uh, in second grade with one of my really good friends and like then all of a sudden I was transported. I wasn't yeah. doing anything. And um and then, you know, just kind of these feelings and smells. So yeah, that's what I think is really tricky. Um, you know, during Fourth of July and like in our neighborhood, we had Fourth of July for like two months. <laughs> and so every time the fireworks would go off, mm-hmm. you know, I was super panicky. Mm-hmm. Uh and this was the first year that I really was like, oh, maybe this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Like before, I don't know, I just didn't yeah. feel the same. So that Uh, I think like in parenting, because what I've seen now, I mean, parenting is exhausting just normally, right? And then in the pandemic, it's hard. But when you have trauma, like it'll, I get triggered a lot with the kids. So like if my son is having a meltdown, like then it will remind me of something when I was younger. And then all of a sudden I'm eight Mm -hmm. and I'm having to parent my nine Mm -hmm. and a half year old. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's really hard for me to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time because at night is when my mind races, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the abuse happened at night. So just that fear of going to sleep. Um, so with all of these things that you experience on a day-to-day basis, mm -hmm. how can people around you come alongside you? How, what would you want them to know? People who just encounter you in normal life, what do you want them to know? And how, mm-hmm. what's like the biggest gift mm-hmm. someone can give you in your life as a friend and, or even just an acquaintance? Right. I think just being there and like, so, you know, I, a lot of times I bring it back to, like with Ben, I'll say, I wish I had cancer. I wish I had cancer because like people would see that there's something wrong, like there's something really wrong. And so with trauma, you know, you, a lot of times you feel like it's your fault anyways. And so like, I feel like the disruptions in my family or like how Ben, you know, he's an amazing husband and he has walked with me, but it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's my fault that my kids are having to, go through this. It's my fault that mm-hmm. they have a mom that has to sleep in extra or sleep more, all these pieces, you know, it's my fault because if I could just get it together and keep moving, then, you know, it would just be better. And so I think, uh, what this would be super encouraging. Like I have a friend who she's been amazing and she texts me, she asks how I'm doing, Um, I've had other friends that bring meals, Mm -hmm. you know, check in Mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people that 
just are willing to be in for the long haul that, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is that like, you're not, you're willing to, to be willing to not turn away that like life is messy and it is hard. And I think when you walk with like the people that are walking with me, like you have to come face to face that there's yucky, awful things. Um, but in doing that, like that is what is huge is just people showing up Mm -hmm. and, you know, acknowledging it. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, sometimes because it is uncomfortable, you know, it's like a death, you know, if you lose a child, like people don't know how to respond. So when we don't know how to respond, we're quiet. Yeah. And that's almost like worse. It is. Yep. Yep. And I think we have this individualistic culture where we're so closed in on ourselves and just our little bubble. We don't even know how to live life in community with totally. each other. And don't you feel like if we were better at sitting with people in community, like actually authentic community and not shying away from the hard things and covering each other, wouldn't that make all the, cause you're totally. not a minority. Yeah. Trauma is prevalent in the people that are, that are around us every yeah. single day. Really <laughs> a lot of trauma. Yes. And, so if we could, what would that look like for more people? I don't know, like to stop or to slow down. Just like what you said, like yeah. take your kids or bring it. We should just be doing those things. Right. I think people are so busy and we are involved in a million things that we don't have time just to do life together. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it would be so different if we, you know, people live far away, but if you lived closer together and we weren't involved in so many things. So we do have time. I mean, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And right now, I feel like there is extra space. It's kind of been a gift. It has been. If we will use it as such, right. I think. Right. That, so that's a challenge because people ask me all the time what they can do to fight against, you know, exploitation and trauma and abuse and all that. And they want me to say they can just go donate some clothes yeah. or go... Like I like if I could just set up a warehouse like feed my serving children, that would help everyone who has trauma. Yeah, I know. Just come volunteer for an hour and check it off their yeah. list. But what you're saying is this is a lifestyle change. Totally. If we're really gonna help people. And I think that's the big thing, is it's not, you know, it's easy, I mean, for some people to write a check. Mm-hmm. And not that that isn't important. Like mm-hmm. we need more people to write mm-hmm. checks to Stories Foundation so we can build it. So that is definitely mm-hmm. a need, but I think in order to, you know, like you had said earlier with human trafficking, mm-hmm. I remember like maybe 12 years ago hearing about it and just becoming really passionate about it mm-hmm. because I f- know what that feels like to be in chains. And, you know, I wasn't trafficked, mm-hmm. but to have abuse and to feel powerless mm-hmm. and, you know, something that I had always seen and felt, you know, afterwards was it's super important to get to free them from the trafficking. Yeah. But that's in some ways the easy part. The most challenging is the after because then people around them can't see the chains, but you're still in major chains. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that aftercare, whether it's abuse, whether it's any kind of trauma, trafficking is, it's a long haul and it's messy and you can't just write a check. It's right. it's walking beside people and you know, asking, can I take care of your kids? Or do you need a meal? Can I just sit with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, about a month ago, I have these three friends that we get together on a monthly basis. And 
to be honest, I'm not very good at sharing mm-hmm. some of this stuff. It's not that I don't want to be vulnerable. It's just more of, I'm still in the process, even in my own mind, that this is real, mm-hmm. as strange as that sounds. But we were sitting and talking and I, you know, opened up a little bit and, you know, they were sitting and listening and I started crying, which I usually don't do. And they just sat and they were quiet. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because it was the first time where I felt like, you know, like that story in the Bible where they, with Job and the friends yeah. were sitting there and I'm like, yeah. they were just, they gave me space Yeah, to and just be, to just be, experience. exactly, to yeah. share it. And mm-hmm. like, even though they didn't say a word, I felt their support. I felt that they, they were almost, you know, like I'm in the middle and they were around me of just, we're, we're here. Yeah. You know, and I think that if we can do that more, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not, it's just time, I think, in that space. And you have always been amazing at that. Even like, you know, when I would talk to you, even just for short periods, um, just I love how you give people space, even people you don't know. And I think that it's huge. Like I've told you that before, like that song Rescue, like that has by Lauren Daigle. It, mm-hmm. I love that song. And you guys have it on your um site. Oh, the dance. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I love that about both of you is that you, I truly believe that you are being a voice for us mm-hmm. who have not had a voice and you're giving us a voice and a space. So mm-hmm. thank well, you. that's really kind of making me cry <laughs> because, um, because that's what we talk about, right? We talk about how stories are important and your story is so important and you right now are being a voice for so many people that feel like they have to suffer in silence or feel like they have to give it, get it together to be a part of society. And I think just the fact that you're willing to share your story and um, that it's, it's so powerful because you're able, because of your story, you're able to have compassion Mm -hmm. and empathy for others who have similar experiences to yours and then you're able to speak for what the needs are Mm -hmm. moving forward as a society and I think we like to talk about the drama Mm -hmm. of trauma I didn't offer that to Ryan but I like it the drama of trauma trauma. (laughs) because we as human beings we're like a it's like a light like we're mosquitoes like we like drama yes um but it's not very dramatic or uh, you know like that big flashy light when it's just a day in and day mm-hmm. out, just the people right in front of us being intentional about being story holders and mm-hmm. then being willing to share. And the fact right. that you're in process, we're all in process. There's totally. no arrival and that you're willing to share. It's so beautiful. I'm so grateful. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Well, I want to talk to the moms listening yeah. who are scared to death <laughs> that their children yeah. are going to experience abuse. Yeah. What are some things that we can tell moms Mm -hmm. so that either to help our kids not feel like they're in a situation where they um, can't say no to abuse? But I totally, when you said that, I thought, have you ever had a nightmare where you can't scream? Yes. That's what you're talking about. Totally. Where you're in a situation and we tell, like we tell our kids, yell fire. Right. (laughs) Right. right. Tell them to do these things. But when you are so in fear, you get paralyzed it so what can we do are there things we can do and then let's say our children are abused because it is a possibility totally no one's fault we live in a world where terrible things happen people make 
terrible choices and they, the consequences are horrific. Right. As parents, how do we create open dialogue with our children totally. so that we don't find out when they're 17, 21, 25 right. that abuse happened and we were literally helpless? Right. Well, for one, I think, um, you know, how can you prevent it? I mean, I think it's good to have conversations with kids about like, you know, we don't let other people touch us Mm -hmm. and, you know, our body is our body. I think even from little, like I remember with Michael when he was little, even with family, we would say when we're leaving, you don't have to give a hug. You can give a high five. You can, uh, give a handshake or you can do pound it or a hug. Mm-hmm. Like giving them that choice, even from a young age, that their body is their own. And they, they have a they choice. They have a choice. Yes. And that and even family members, like grandma wants a hug. Well, you still get to choose. Now you have to be polite. You need to, right. you know, say hello. Be respectful. Be respectful. You have to acknowledge them, but you don't have to give them a hug. And I think that is, you know, setting that up. I think having those conversations we've had with my kids of, you know, we don't let other people touch us, you know, except for the doctor. Like the yeah. other day, yeah. <laughs> my son went to the doctor and I forgot how they're going to touch. They're not going to touch, but they're going to yeah, check They're going to check you parts, out. Right? Yeah, they're going to check. Super awkward. I know. I hate the doctor. They're checking to make sure everything's okay, right? Yes. So the poor guy afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. Well, then the next day, my daughter went to the, the doctor and she says, she's sitting in the back in the van, in yeah. her car seat back there. And she's like, Mommy, is the doctor going to look at my private parts? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously having that conversation. And I think it's still good to talk to them about, you know, if you're in a place and you're uncomfortable. Like, talking mm-hmm. about even not just like if you're uncomfortable, but like what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. I think helping them to be aware of their bodies and the different sensations, you know, when you're happy, what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, giving them awareness of just even their body. But then for me, I think the big thing is because obviously we know that you could be completely diligent. I mean, you'd really have to keep your kid with you in a bubble and never could leave your site, which that's not healthy. Well, and it's not healthy because what happens is you pass that fear onto them and that's not going to help. So for me, honestly, you know, I'll even see like on Facebook, like do this to make sure, you know, foolproof or foolproof Mm -hmm. so that nothing will happen. It's more, I think, about being educated as parents mm-hmm. of what what are the signs that you can see and then what to do. So um, when I was in first grade, I was having a ton of stomach aches. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the doctor and I had this amazing doctor. And actually, I want to find him sometime because he – so my mom was trying to figure out what was wrong. And the doctor said, you know, even if there isn't anything physically wrong, like she is feeling – this and so we need to figure out what's wrong Mm -hmm. and so they were they were trying to figure out but you know back in the 80s there just wasn't a lot of information but so being aware you know kiddos that like having bad stomach aches or sometimes like bladder infections Mm -hmm. another thing that is amazing about kids is they will show you but they're not going to use it with words Mm -hmm. so they may act it out in you know with dolls or with their toys Mm -hmm. uh you know, maybe a child who normally is calm is a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Um, you might see like in their play, like the idea of like powerlessness mm-hmm. um, or being more powerful because they're trying to kind of gain that power mm-hmm. back. Uh, yeah, again, I think, you know, watching and if you have like a feeling that something just seems different off, off like mm-hmm. even just behavior that 
like they change. Like normally they're not clean and then all of a sudden they want to be with you all the time. Mm. You know, crying extra. Again, it might not be anything, but just having a conversation, you know, with the pediatrician and uh, encouraging like to do play therapy Mm because play therapy, my son actually was in it. And it's amazing. I had the opportunity to go in and watch him because he had some birth stuff. And I mean, they're working. They just Mm -hmm. aren't going to use they're not going to talk and tell you no they don't have the words but watching him work it out Mm -hmm. it was amazing and so Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is having eyes to see and being aware like something is off and Mm -hmm. you know talking yeah and I'm going to throw this at you I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this so don't you don't have to answer but counseling is taboo topic I think often I think we were talking before we hit Mm -hmm. record that our gener- this generation is the first one where we're starting to become more comfortable with the idea of going to counseling and talking right. things through or getting help, mental help that we need. Can you talk a little bit about the role counseling has yes. played in your journey? Oh, my word. Like, my, I'm going to get teary. She, I haven't seen her for a while and honestly has, I feel like I've seen Jesus through her. Obviously, she's not Jesus. But she... Well, someone following Jesus, you should be able to... Right, yeah, right, right, right. So she has... She's given me words. She has... I mean, like I was talking about being willing to walk with you. Like she's walked with me through the fire. And I, I mean, I always say anyone can go to counseling because we live in a broken world, right? And we all have things. And I think the wise ones are the ones that go and try to work things out. And... Um, yeah, I mean, there's the difficult thing is it is kind of expensive. I wish that there was a way, you know, to make it, but, um, you know, a lot of counseling places will do like maybe a sliding fee or insurance, but I think it's so important because I think there's certain issues that we just can't do on our own and we need that guidance and that understanding Mm -hmm. and, um, well, and someone that understands how your brain is working totally. and how your body and your brain are connected and things that we just, in our normal everyday life that maybe your friend or Ben or yeah. they want to walk with you through, but right. they don't have the no. full understanding of right. everything you're experiencing. Even you don't. Right. Until you, someone helps you and says, well, right. this is actually what's going on inside of you. And right. Yeah. It matters. I mean, if you have a heart condition. Right. You're not going to try to figure it out yeah. yourself, but really, I yeah. mean, I go to your husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something that'd be me. Can you, <laughs> I think my heart is something weird. <laughs> or like he's like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. What should I do? I mean, it's the same thing though. Yeah. Like, if you have a heart condition, we're not going to say mm-hmm. figure it out. Figure it out. Like, do these things. We're going to go to an expert. Uh, you know, same thing. Um, I've been on medication for many years, mm-hmm. and you know. A lot of times people don't want to go on it. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's for everyone or yeah. that, you know, I think sometimes people can, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. You know, taking meds is not going to just make everything go away. But right. for me, it helps so that I can do the work. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can focus and not be so spinny. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny because with, if you have a heart condition, people aren't going to say, don't like, take, that. don't take meds. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know? take beta blockers. Yeah. I'm actually not a doctor, so. Hey, it sounded smart to me. <laughs> Thanks. It, Thanks. Sounded, it sounded good. Thanks. You and I have had a lot of conversations about aftercare. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, I feel like I met you. And then right away, <laughs> you came and spoke at our event about the need for something like Storyteller Cafe. And you've yes. been such an encourager to me and a cheerleader when I've questioned if this is even something I should still 
pursuing because <laughs> it's so hard. And you're yeah. like, yes, yes, yes. And you've talked a lot about the importance for yourself of having a space, somewhere to go, somewhere to have respite. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think especially in this season. So like the last year, it's been just really challenging. Um, more flashbacks, more where I'm feeling little and just, you know, as things are kind of coming together, because I, you know, for a lot of my life, I didn't even really know about the abuse. I didn't know. It's like having these memories all of a sudden for the first time. And so for one, like I'm exhausted because my brain is working so hard and trying to do that to stay like I'm 40, you know, to continue being a mom of three active kids and teaching and all of that, like it just is so hard. It's like almost impossible to do it all at once. So, you know, for a long time, I've thought of kind of like the caterpillar. And then when it's the chrysalis and needing this, you know, people, when you are dealing with trauma, whether it's coming out of trafficking or trauma you've had, you need space to just like a butterfly. You need space to do that reworking and where you're not having to like, Okay, I got to make you lunch and then I got to do like be to just be in a moment. Yes. And to just be and like, especially as a mom, I have seen that that the demands, you know, and honestly, sometimes that has been hard for me to see and know that my kids like I can't be the mom that I would like to be. I mean, okay, but like because of where I'm at. And so if I had a place where you could just do that and not Mm -hmm. having to split that with being mom, mm-hmm. you know, being yeah. friend, being everything else. Um, I think that that's what people need is yeah. just to be. I think a few things about what you just said. I think that we know there are a lot of women that have children who are dealing with trauma. Right. That is happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And they still have to, I mean, children are like relentless. <gasps> they, they are. They give you a minute. No. Even if you asked for it. <laughs> the other day, Eliana... <laughs> I love her, but she, she, and especially with COVID, Mm -hmm. there's this extra for kids. They have no outlet. We're their only outlet right now. Well, and they don't know fully what's going on, but they feel our stress. They feel Mm -hmm. that something's Mm -hmm. off. So she has been wanting to be with me all the time, which I love being with her. But when I was going to take a shower, she's like, mama, I want to take a shower with you. And I'm like, I just need one space. I just need to take a shower. (laughs) I can have my own body and my own space. So yeah, yeah, it's very hard. And I think as moms, when you have trauma, the hard thing is it does affect our kiddos. And so being able to have a space where you can just be and then not having to have where it's affecting them. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that individualistic culture too, how we think that we uh, have to be these super moms by ourselves, which is ridiculous. You know, let's go back to a different culture where it was more communal. Yes. Give me a communal culture yes. where we live in the village together. <laughs> on the we, farm. Yeah, on the farm. And we all help each other. Yeah. And there's multiple. And I think we've lost that in our totally. society. And I think that, you know, there is a lot of pressure. And I know you're an amazing mom. Mm-hmm. And I want you to hear that because I've seen it. And your children love you. And but there's so much pressure. And then with the added pressure mm-hmm. of not feeling like you have the space to do the inner work that you need to do, that can make you feel like you're going crazy. Oh, yeah, pretty much. And yeah. I think it's, it. you know, the thing that I've thought about, too, is that, like, our choices affect other people, mm-hmm. the positive and the negative. Mm-hmm. Like, they affect and they can affect 
generations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the choices of the people that hurt me, like it's affecting my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really hard for me. I've put like an extra pressure of I don't want to traumatize my own kids. Mm-hmm. And life in a broken world is, is going traumatizing to, right, yeah. at some level. It is though. And it yeah. is going to, we are, we're going to hurt yeah. them. But I think I, tr- I have tried so hard to not that it's put this extra pressure mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible. So that's mm-hmm. why I say there's good counselors out there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one day if they need to go, you know, mm-hmm. they will help. But I think that is mm-hmm. what, what makes it hard because the reality is, is our brokenness. And there's of course, you know, degrees. Yeah. But um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, and when we take the time for ourselves, we're better for everybody. Right. Totally. We're better for ourselves and we're better for everybody. And I totally. think women especially don't hear that enough. Don't recognize it enough at, there's a lot of guilt around taking right. time for ourselves, totally. whatever that may be. And um, that is what you totally. know my heart is to create yes. is a space where women can just, whether it's a couple hours or overnight or a couple nights, like when you talk to me, you're like, I just need a space to go, yeah. I want to have it for you. I've done the road. Because that is for sure, mm-hmm. you know, a place where we can just have some time, some respite. Everybody yeah. needs respite. Totally. Yeah. And even like a cafe, I was thinking, you know, after one of the conversations that you shared, like a safe place where you can go and you can enjoy your food and be yeah. with your friend and talk. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can and your money is going to a good cause. But to have just a space that is yeah. safe, you know, you can have conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So grateful. I had one friend. other thought yeah, I was thinking. This is kind of like off the topic, but. Um, you know, one thing that I have felt for a, a long time, I think even when you were saying, so like, how can we help yes. like our kiddos so that they're not vulnerable? Yes. I think that, you know, when little girls don't feel loved, especially from like father figure or grandpa or yeah. some kind of male figure, male figure mm-hmm. it, it leaves them vulnerable to be looking for that. I think that in our core, like, we have this desire to be loved, you know, by a mom and a dad or, you know. Yeah. And so I think that that can also, I've seen, you know, with friends, I've seen it with people that it leaves them vulnerable. So I think, you know, even like whether it's a grandfather or whether it's a good friend, uh, you know, a dad of, of showing them value that they have value that I think that that really does yeah. help cover those vulnerabilities yeah. and you know um and even like as teenagers yeah. you know girls that we know you know in neighborhood or just relationships that you have mm-hmm. of um covering those vulnerabilities of giving value not just you know our outside beauty of you know which is important but also just that you have value as, as a, person. a person yes and i think that covers that so that when there's opportunities, you know, we're trafficking where they're trying to mm-hmm. seduce or sh- or make them feel loved. They don't have those holes. Right. That makes sense. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I, you being a teacher and a pastor's wife and you live um, in Minneapolis, I think you've seen that there are a lot of girls and boys who yeah. maybe don't have right. people that are Maybe they don't have people who are really loving them and or they are missing some of those key figures because of life or their parents have to work extra. And so they're not as present. And it's that community again. It's not that people 
people are doing the best they can. Most, right. I think we can give positive assumptions that oh, for sure. parents are doing the best they can, but why do they have to do it alone? Totally. So our, what, what are ways that you have seen where there are vulnerable kids that we can come alongside? I think, um, well, for one, like foster care, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of right now in foster care, a lot of the kiddos that are waiting to be adopted are older and they are vulnerable. And so, um, you know, if that's something that you're able to do to be able to, to foster kiddos, um, I think even, you know, young adults, like you're never too young or too old to, to, to have an impact. Well, yeah. and to have an yeah. impact. Yes. You know, like young adults yes. that have maybe some extra time, you know, like they have different programs like the Big Brother program, but even mm-hmm. like or Treehouse. Treehouse. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, getting involved so that and it doesn't have to be met lots of kids. It could be one or two, even neighborhood. Like yeah. we have kids in our neighborhood that the parents are working. They're doing the best that they can. Yeah. But it's funny because they'll come over and they just want attention. Yes. They want you to, to look at them. Yes. I went to the pool the other day and like all of a sudden flocked by all these people and just look watch at me. me watch yes. Me. And so just, I think the relationships. Like, do I matter to yes. somebody? Do yes. I matter today? Yeah. Do, I matter do you see me? Do you see me? Yeah. And that's what it is. is when people come along to exploit, um, if they're saying, well, I see you. Yeah. And then, and they'll play that game for a long time right. where it feels good to mm-hmm. the person. And then it's not healthy and it's harmful and horrible. So if we can be people to see each other. Yes. That's so valuable. It it's is. not very countable though. No. And, and right. And it people don't see it. Mm-hmm. We can't like put on Facebook. Oh, I looked someone in the <laughs> eye today. <laughs> You I watched watch. a bunch of kids at the pool. Surrogate oh mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very true. Yeah. But it is. It's, yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's kind of what you guys are doing. It's the unseen that is the most important, yeah. that no one else is going to pat your back. But, I mean, each of those things, it's, I love how you guys talk about covering vulnerabilities because mm-hmm. I've never seen it that way, but that's really what it is. It's trauma leaves holes. And so when we come alongside people, like we can't fix it, like you said, but we can come alongside and we can help cover those so that when, you know, the traffickers or nasty people, you know, come and want to speak lies, they're not, it'll just kind of go over them, you know, because it's already covered. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we know that traffickers will look for, um, you know, girls mainly, but boys too, who are. That who are have that neediness to right. them, like right. the, the lack of confidence, right? Where they're kind of looking to have acceptance, right? Which who doesn't want acceptance? And right. we're looking for it everywhere. And right. if you're not getting it in a healthy way, you're going to get it in an unhealthy way. Totally. And yeah. This is obviously, <laughs> you know, this is my soapbox. So, um, thank you so much yeah. for talking with me today. Is there anything else you want to say before mm-hmm. we stop? Did you? Well, one thought that came to mind, and again, it's kind of like my brain goes. You're doing I'm great. Not like a linear, I usually yeah, okay. <laughs> sounds good. Um, something you said made me think about. Um, so we ha- like what's interesting about abuse is that it takes these natural desires and it twists it. So yeah. one thing that's hard and is not talked about, <clears throat> but I feel like in my vulnerability, it can help maybe some other people mm-hmm. that. Feel this way and take some of the shame. I think one thing that that is hard, so it takes 
you know, like kids and people that abuse a lot of times, like traffickers, they, they, you know, they know what they're doing. And so all little kids want to be loved. They want to be seen, right? And they want attention. And so sometimes what the abusers will do is they'll give them attention. They'll get buy them nice things. So then there's kind of this attachment. And then the hard piece is that our bodies are meant to respond to physical touch. And what gets tricky is your it's a natural thing your body is meant to respond. Yeah. But what happens is is that it that took your choice away. Where you're right. you're not choosing for it to respond. Mm-hmm. But then it also gives you this feeling like see I wanted it. Right. So really it was which my is fault. also what they might be telling well, you. Well and that's what yeah, is you want right. this. And so that would or be what my, they tell themselves to justify what they probably have both. Done. both. Right. Both. Yeah. But so like that would be something that for me, I'm in the process of doing, but I also would want other women or men, children like who have experienced it to know that it isn't their fault. And that even if, you know, your body responded like you didn't want it. Right. Right. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. I think so often when people hurt us that we think, how could I have stopped this from happening? Right. I must have been able to, I must have done something to make right. this happen to me, or I, sh- I could have done something to stop this from happening. Totally. And I think in our world, we don't realize that injustice can happen to anybody right. and it's no respecter of persons. Right. It's people make horrible choices for whatever reason. And we, we can't own that. We can't right. own their choices. No. And I think sometimes we think that if we do certain things, we can protect ourselves right. or our children from harm. And right. unfortunately, that because we always can't, it's not the fault, right? right. It's no one's fault. It, right. It just it's the is. fault of the person who right. made the choice. And, right. um, it, you know, we live in an unjust you, world. Yeah. I think it's because, you know, when you've had that, anything where we've right. been wronged or there's been injustice. You go back in your story and are like, ah. But you want, we want a sense of control and we oh, want to sure. gain a sense of power. So we mm-hmm. feel like if we could have done that, that's why it happened. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I was thinking about even like that has affected me today. What I didn't realize until recently with doing schooling with the kids, mm-hmm. that sense of failure, like I couldn't stop that. Like, has you know i can see those fingerprints in yes. my whole life of now even with my kids or with teaching like i was powerless to stop that i can't like i'm a failure like i can't you know so right. um, you can take those belief systems and trace totally. them back yeah, yeah from something that you i couldn't have but that feeling that i could that then you know it's like i can't teach my kids because i can't right do whatever right the lies right the lies so sorry yeah. to bring that a different, but I thought no, about that. I think that's, that's exactly something it. that we don't talk a lot about because mm-hmm. it is super shameful. Yeah. But yeah, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. And I think it's important for those of us both who, you know, have had trauma and those who haven't had trauma to realize that trauma and injustice isn't anybody's fault except the perpetrator. Right. And so then therefore we all need to be a part yes. of changing cultural norms having different conversations, creating safe spaces, getting out of this individualistic society where we only care about ourselves, living in community. Like it's all collectively for all of us. Yes. And I think that's, that would be so beautiful, wouldn't it? If we did that (gasps) Amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe maybe by the time we're grandparents. Okay. That's a good that's goal. That's hopeful. That's so hopeful. We that's can a good change goal. things. Yeah. We, we can. can. We can. Because yeah. things have changed in the past. Yeah. And it's not, we're not dead yet. No. The world hasn't exploded. It's on the verge. Yet. <laughs> maybe tonight, but not yet. Not yet. So today. And we've come a ways yes. from, like, I think sometimes it's so easy to be like, oh my goodness, we have so much to go. But, and it isn't. We still do have a long way to go. Yeah. But, like, if you look back, you know, our parents' generation. Yes. They, we would With not be health. having, we would not be having this conversation. Correct. That is 100 So we have true. come. Yes. So we can even go farther. Yes. There is hope. So when we're grandparents. Yes. That our kids will be better. <laughs> isn't will. that the goal? Someone yeah. said to me yesterday. My friend I was having, Kelly, she said, isn't it the goal to leave the world better than how you found it? I'm like, it should be. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. Oh, thanks, Amy. Yeah. This has been such a Very treat. Fun. Thank you for your vulnerability and for Thank sharing you. your story. I'm so grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Amy today. I just wanted to come on quick and let you all know that after listening to this, if you feel like you need to talk to someone, um, we're here for you. We would love to connect with you and we have resources that could come alongside you in your, um, in like your life journey. Also, if you are listening and you have been enjoying the Connecting Our Stories podcast, we would love it and be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate Connecting Our Stories podcast and leave us a review. That would really help more people receive this content by doing that. And the last thing is that you can head on over to our Patreon page and subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast, give financially at certain levels, and not only do you just support the anti-trafficking work that we're doing, but you also will get some extra goodies because of your subscription. So go on over to Patreon and check it out. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again, you guys, for being here and listening to Connecting Our Stories podcast. Your story matters in the fight for justice, and we're so grateful that you're here. Thank you.